morning, everybody. Doing good? Everyone's doing good today? Good? Awesome? Um, uh, I'm excited to be up here today in uh, quite a different role. Um, you, uh, you might know that I normally do something up here much different, uh, but we were fresh out of pancakes, so I can't throw those today. So, <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm really the, I'm the worship pastor here. My name is Rob, um, and uh, I'm usually singing and playing guitar, but I mentioned the pancakes uh, because we had our, our big fall launch weekend last week. Uh, first of all, show of hands, who thought last week was fun? Just a lot of fun. Good. Awesome. That's great. I mean, um, yeah, I, I loved seeing so many of you here. Uh, I loved hearing the stories about the kids loving going to their new classrooms. I loved eating pancakes out on the, um, the courtyard, you know, with, with some of you, and yeah, I mean, I really like throwing pancakes to you. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Probably the most fun for me, but, yeah, you know. Um, hey, just real quick, since I've got the opportunity, I, I want to give a big shout-out and a huge thank you to our production teams, to the, we- the bands that play week in and week out. Can we, I mean, can we give them a round of applause? I just, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't thank you guys enough, and so honestly, uh, we really thank you so much. I couldn't do uh, what I do without them. I mean, they, they practice, uh, they work hard at making things look and sound great, they, they deal with last-minute changes, they are, they're so appreciated. And I, and I love how God has, has brought uh, great leadership uh, up into the church, Chris, Eli, I mean, awesome guys, thanks guys for leading us today. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thankful guy, I'm a super thankful guy. Well, um, I know that some of you are maybe newer to Brookside. In fact, you might even be a guest for the first time with us today. Welcome to Brookside. We're really stoked that you're here. Um, But you might be newer and not really know me or know that much about me. In fact, you might have been here for, like, longer than I have. I've been here nine years. So you might have been here longer than that, and you still don't really know who I am all that much. Um, So what I thought I'd do is I thought I'd take us back to the good old days of VH1 and... uh, Give you a little, uh, <laughs> give you a little behind the music, okay? Uh, I don't know if you remember that show, but I love these these shows because you could hear, um, you know, see video of Beyonce singing the Star Spangled Banner like in third grade or something, or or like find out how Boys to Men became a band. Or do you remember the earth-shattering day that you learned that the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish wasn't named Hootie at all? <laughs> I know. Mind blow. His name's Darius, and he's like a country singer now, which is weird, but uh, <laughs> hey, he's got a great career. Anyway, so, so those, show, those shows were cool because I feel like they give you a sense of how those artists came to do the thing that, that they love the most. So in an effort of trying to do that, here's how I came to do the thing that I love the most. I want to tell you about that. Before we get into all that, let me pray for us and just ask God to to bless our time, all right? Uh, Heavenly Father, thanks so much for who you are. God, you've already, um, God, you've already just uh, shown us how powerful worship is and how powerful worship can be. And Lord, I pray that in the same spirit as before, God, you would just continue even now to just unite our hearts under your love and your grace and your majesty, that, God, we would see you above all else in these moments. Lord, I pray, God, for us as a church family that you would draw us close. God, I pray for, I pray for our city. Lord, I think of Waypoint Church. I think of those um, uh, uh, who are involved in the Hope Center. God, I think of the friends and the family 
of Ty and Terry Shenzel. Lord, you, God, you do things that sometimes we don't understand. But God, there is such hope in you. And Lord, not only just hope for eternal life, which we're so thankful for, but God, there's hope that there's people in our city who would give so much of their lives to pastoring churches and loving young kids and all the things that the Shendles did. God, thanks for their legacy. Lord, I pray that, God, we would unite, Lord, in prayer and support for all them, but that, God, we would unite our hearts um, under the banner of, of your love this morning for your glory, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I grew up singing all my life. Um, I, I sang at school and church programs. Uh, I played in bands. I competed in solo and ensemble competitions. I made my first album when I was 17. Uh, and I eventually went on to college for music education with a, like a small vocal scholarship. I mean, so you could say that my life was a constant cycle of finding opportunity to sing, singing, and finding another opportunity to sing. It's just, it's just all I did. So one night in particular, I just remember this, my, my band that I was playing with in college at the time, we had just, just gotten done playing a show um, at, at a party for the, the Drake Relays, Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, the show went well, I mean, people had fun, they were singing along, it was a great time, it was, it was kind of cool to be at an out-of-town gig, so I was kind of a young guy. And afterward, I was walking around talking to people, and I just had this, this weird feeling in my gut. There was no fun in the afterglow of this concert. Okay, VH1, right? They just, they just changed the music, like the background, okay, the soundtrack a little bit. We're approaching that single climactic scene where we, where we learn about someone's discontent or their failure or like the business deal gone bad, okay? So, so change that music in your mind, all right? So, so there I am, and, I, and I, I'm just not feeling right. I feel uncomfortable, to put it one way. I traveled back to college, and, and I soon began to feel the same way about all the music, musical things I was doing, even as I just picked up my guitar and played in my apartment. I have to tell you, to feel unfulfilled in music, that was a big deal. I mean, music was supposed to be it for me. Music was, music was the linchpin of my happiness, and now, I was, I was bored. Until, until I had a musical experience that changed my mind and my heart forever. And this is where VH1 goes to commercial, and you go, oh, come on. <laughs> so, commercial break. I will get back to that story, and trust me, the story serves a better purpose than me just telling you about myself and my story. In fact, my story helps define the topic that we're discussing today. Uh, you know that we're in, like John said, we're in a series called I Love My Church. Last week, we heard about the mission that drives everything we do, helping people find and follow Jesus. So for the next three weeks, we're going to hear about the things that God has called us to that we as Brookside really want to be spending our lives on, things that draw us close to God and to his mission, things that if we can't do it all, which we know we can't, we'll still do these things. So next week, Steve, we'll talk about being in community. The week after that, Jeff, will talk about being on mission. But today, the phrase that we're going to look at is this, worship Christ. Worship Christ. We're talking about worship today. And I love my church because we value real worship. 
genuine worship, true worship. You've heard people say it before, uh, and, but let me give you a few examples of what worship isn't, all right? We won't spend much time here because I'm, I'm sure this could be a sermon totally by itself. But worship isn't the four songs that we sing before the sermon. Worship isn't a genre of music that you hear on the radio. Worship isn't a 70-minute church service. Now, yeah, sure, actually there are truths to all of those things being worship, but, but they're not the deepest definitions of worship, are they? Worship is so much deeper than those. And I'd even say that getting as specific as those things could maybe even hinder our discussion on worship today. Worship is deeper than we tend to think. So what is it? What is it? What is worship? How should we define worship for, dis- for today's discussion? Write this down, or you can take a picture of it with your phone or something, but I just want you to remember this. Here's our takeaway for the morning. Here it is. Worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. Worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. Let me say again, this is just a definition that we'll use for today's discussion, all right? There, there are many facets to worship. In fact, I just read a book not too long ago by D.A. Carson, and his definition of worship was 150 words long, and his exposition of that definition was 40 pages long. So it's a huge topic, and rightly so. Listen to what D.A. Carson says. He, says. he says, worship embraces relationship, attitude, act, life. <laughs> Whoa. Relationship, attitude, act, life. That's like everything, isn't it? It's a huge subject to tackle. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tackle the thing that tackled me as it relates to worship. So that's why I've chosen our, that bottom line, that worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. So, okay, VH1 behind the music, it's back on, all right? Uh, when we left that commercial break, if you remember, I wasn't, I wasn't doing so good. I had become really unhappy with music, the very thing that I felt like I was just to give my life to. But remember the cliffhanger? Until I had a musical experience that would change my mind and my heart forever. So I met a couple guys who were Christians uh, who also played music. They were releasing a CD, and I ended up recording with them on that CD. Our relationships grew, and one night, as we hung out in their apartment, they pulled out some of the songs that they had used for the Christian camps that they'd worked at that uh, summer before. These were some of the very first songs of the, of the Passion Movement, if you remember those. They, they were honest, and they were purposeful, and they were relevant to my generation. They were about something. They were about someone. They were praise songs with God at the center of them. Remember this? I want to know you. I want to see your face. Remember that song? What about, um, uh, I could sing of your love forever. What a great song. Great song. And then this was one that always just kind of hit me. Um, I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you, Jesus. I mean, these songs were great. Let me tell you. They weren't very complicated. They weren't hard to play. They weren't complicated melodically. But man, I was struck in a really deep way that night singing those songs. Struck with the thought that music could be something about, it could be something about, it could be about something much bigger than myself. 
Commercial. Sorry, I had to do that. Uh, let's go back to that. I'll, I'll get back to the story, but commercial. Let's go back to the, to the takeaway and just look at that real closely. Kind of look at that, all right? Again, this is what I want you to remember. So worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. First of all, we're going to talk about that the worship is continual, all right? And what I mean by that is, is really just this, just what it says. Worship is continual. You're, you're never not worshiping. This idea goes back to some misinterpretations of worship that we kind of mentioned before, namely, you know, first we'll worship, and then the pastor will come out and do the sermon, or, man, worship's going to be awesome today. I hear Rob's not singing. <laughs> no, Rob, uh, worship is a, it's a continual thing. And uh, isn't it true that we're always pointing our lives to something? I mean, aren't we always worshiping something really? So, so Paul says in Romans 12, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Our bodies, our bodies, that means our hands, our feet, our eyes, our mouths, our hearts, our minds. That sounds a lot like everyday stuff, doesn't it? I mean, anybody not use your eyes or your mouth at work this week? I won't ask if you didn't use your brain at work this week. That was, anybody not use your eyes or your mouth? Or, or anybody not use your hands or feet at the Little League game that you, that you coached? See, it's got to be in everything that we do, Paul says. I love this quote from a guy named Vaughn Roberts. He wrote a book called True Worship, and here's what he says. He says, offering my body to God... It's not just something I do as I sing on Sunday and can then forget about for the rest of the week. It must be worked out in practice, day by day, hour by hour. A friend of mine has put it, this, put it like this. To say, I'm going to church to worship is about as silly as saying, I'm off to bed to breathe for a while. Worship should, worship should define the whole of my life. If true and proper worship is an act of living, it's safe to say that we are worshiping as long as we are living. And for me, I'm pretty much living all the time. So, does worship define the whole of your life? Where does worship start for you? Does worship start at Sunday's downbeat? Or does it start at every day's daybreak? Are you banking on your Sunday experience to fuel your daily ones? or vice versa. Let me just take a sidebar here and say that Steve and Jeff have just led this church so well in one constant encouragement, that being to spend time with God reading the Bible daily. I can't agree more. It took too long in my life to make this a daily activity, and not once have I ever said, you know, I'm sure glad I waited this long to do this. Get into a small group, pick up a daily reading plan, get some guys and gals around you to help you do it and hold you accountable. I'm telling you, by the, in the way of worshiping con continually, there's nothing better than hearing from God every day. So let's go back to our takeaway sentence, okay? Worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. Another truth is this. We give worth to many things every day. Because of this, that takeaway statement, that can be, be true for, for anyone, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not. I mean, think of it. Sports, deadlines, people in positions of honor or authority, hobbies, cars, 
guitars, guilty, <laughs> relationships. We assign worth to all those things. We take a little bit of ourselves, a little bit of our attention or our passion, and we give it to something that captures us. But, I mean, are those things bad? Are those things really bad to give worth to? No, I'd say not. But we have to be really careful with assigning too much worth to those things or really to worshiping those things. And the first reason that we shouldn't do that, the first reason sounds simple, but it's true. We shouldn't worship other stuff because other stuff isn't God. I'll say it again. We shouldn't worship other stuff because other stuff isn't God. There is no one. There is no thing like God. He's the creator of all creation. He's existed forever. He is here with us now, and he already has a plan for our future. He's worthy of praise simply because he's amazing. Even if we did not have a personal relationship with God, even if he was just a distant creator and sustainer of life as we know it, he would still be supremely worthy, wouldn't he? But for the second reason that we shouldn't worship other things besides God, let's look at the Ten Commandments. We don't maybe reference those a whole lot in our daily lives, but God himself was pretty serious about us not worshiping other things besides him. And he even tells us why. So Commandments 1 and 2 say this. They say, you shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. God wants us to worship him alone. He says it twice even. Not because he's on some holy ego trip. Not because he makes the rules and you're just a minion, so do what you're told. No, when we read on in those verses, we see that God wants us to worship him alone because he loves us. Might sound a little trite, but think of it this way. Uh, our kids, Morgan and Bobby, they started school this week. Um, here's a picture of them right there. That's Morgan and Bobby. There's, uh, yeah, oh, there's another one. There's a, uh, hey, another one. Sweet, awesome. Great. And there's a picture of me and my wife. Cool. Who put those in there? It was me. I did it. I did it. Uh, I got to brag on my family a little bit. But anyway, so, so Morgan and Bobby, they started school this week. They're going to have a great year. They're going to learn a ton. I'm sure of it. But somewhere along the line, they're going to run into a problem, a, a bully, uh, maybe a subject that they don't you know, feel all that great in. Or, on the other hand, they might like, have a really great celebration. They might you know, you know, climb all the way to the top of the rope in gym class, or they might get chosen for a solo in the Christmas concert or something. Who do you think I want them to run to with those things, good or bad? Me. I'm their dad. I want to be close to them. I want to share those things with them. I want to like give high fives or, or uh, just sit on the bed and hear their crazy stories. My love for them causes me to say, kids, bring your hearts to me. Bring your hearts to me. I'll take care of you. I'll love you. I'll forgive you. Right? I mean, I love what Jesus says. Sort of about that in Luke. Listen to this. He says, Which of you fathers, 
If your son asks you for a fish, would give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, would give him a scorpion. Think about that omelet. That's like so creepy. But it really, it really makes the point, doesn't it? So then he says this. He says, if you then, though you are evil, if you, though you're not a perfect dad, if me, I'm not a perfect dad, all right? But if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I mean, this passage of Scripture comes right after Jesus is telling us that we can pray to a heavenly Father who not only hears us, but answers us. Our God loves us. He says, bring your worship to me. Don't give it to those other things. They don't know you like I do. They won't sustain you like I will. They can't love you like I can. And that brings us to the third part of our takeaway statement. Worship is the continual giving and receiving of worth. And receiving. True worship, it's not about trying to get anything out of it. Okay, let me just say that right off the bat. But the truth is this, the more we understand God's worth, the more we understand ours. There's a circular relationship between God and us in worship. Psalm 104 is great. It's an amazing psalm that that just describes all the ways that God orchestrates his creation. It's too long to read all of it, but but here's just a couple, couple verses. 19 says, He made the moon to mark the seasons, and the sun knows when to go down. And then three says, he makes the clouds his chariot, and he rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers and flames of fire his servants. That is awesome. That sounds like a really cool movie or something. That is awesome, and that's our God. Well, after that, the psalmist, he's got little else to say but this. Here's what he says. I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. God outpours love and grace and beauty to our lives. We realize that we're so blessed in those and that we're made in his image. We respond with all the more thankfulness, and God takes pleasure in that. This is a cool thought. God takes pleasure and what he created. John Piper, he puts it this way. It's really great. He says, God delights in his creation because in creation he sees the reflection of his glory. God is pleased with us as we are pleased with him. And it, and it just keeps going. Only something happens to us in that continual giving and receiving of worth, doesn't it? I mean, God doesn't change He stays the same. He keeps doing doing what he does. But something happens to us, doesn't it? Okay, back to VH1 behind the music. That was a really long commercial break right there. That was probably one of those super sad animal commercials with Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background. (laughs) Sorry, that was a long one. But listen, I'm sitting in that apartment. I'm playing those simple songs, just being rocked by these realizations of who God is and how he loves me. That started a time of rebirth for me in my life, culminating with me sitting at a campus event, raising my hand and saying, yeah, 
I want to trust Jesus as my fulfillment, as my Savior. God started giving me songs to write and, and songs to sing. He, he showed me areas of my life that needed to change, and he provided people to help me with those. He opened doors of opportunity for me to, to be the person that he made me to be, and he renewed my love and my passion for music. Only this time, it was music that, that mattered more. I was, I was floored by God's love, and I started to realize just how much worth I had in his eyes. Me, a son of the living God. Me, a part of his masterful creation. Me, a person of such worth, don't miss this, a person of such worth that he would leave heaven, die a brutal death on the cross, just so that I could spend eternity with him. That blew me away. The musical things I was doing, your promotion you just got, the big job you won for the company, the ACT score that you just totally rocked, all great things. But do they give us worth, or should I say, do they give us worth that lasts and fulfills and changes us? No, no way, not like God, not like God does. What would it look like for you to be reminded of just how much worth you've been given by your Heavenly Father? Maybe you could forgive yourself of, of that mistake you made. Maybe you'd find yourself empowered to go for that goal that's just intimidated you for so long. Maybe you, you'd allow yourself to start dreaming dreams again because now you trust in a God who's got a great plan for your future. Maybe the cross of Christ would become a symbol of victory for you, not a symbol of shame. Maybe just the idea of there being someone that loves you just the way you were created is enough. The fact is, God rejoices in you. He rejoices in his creation. That's, that's why I love worship. That's why I love my church, because there's a part of me when I hear you all singing, and I hear you singing. There's a part of me that when I hear you singing just says, oh, they get it. They get it that God is an awesome God and that they are so loved by him. Yes, they are approaching God in humility, but with great expectation of his outpouring today. Yes, they get it that God is of ultimate worth. And so, yes, we should be singing to him with everything we have. As we, like the psalmist says, as we rejoice in the Lord. Those moments on Sundays for me, they give me hope that you're engaged in that giving and receiving relationship with God all the time. Not just when we meet here at Brookside. They give me hope that you, that you fully understand the love that God has for you, and the worth he has given you as a daughter or a son. It's a joy for me to see you all in that continual conversation, relationship with our God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's a joy for me. So VH1 always ended those behind the musics with like a poignant song. Maybe it was like artist's big hit or something like that. But I, I want to end our time with a song, uh, two, in fact, just a time of worship. 
And I'm going to pray for us in a second, but after that, the band's going to play, and, and um, I would just encourage you to maybe start thinking about what giving and receiving in this moment right now looks like for you. Maybe this first song, you just kind of want to stay seated, you want to bow your head and just listen and pray. Maybe you want to stand your feet right away, lift your hands, clap your hands, all are okay. But in these moments, oh, I just really hope and I really pray that you all would know the worth that God has given you and that ultimately you would praise God for his supreme worth. Let's pray. God, you are amazing. And Lord, to think that you are close to us, that we can have a relationship with you, Lord, it just blows us away. Lord, we are so humbled to be in the presence of a God like you right now and throughout our lives. Lord, I ask you to speak right now. I ask you to, to touch hearts. I ask you to do a powerful thing just in our, in our remaining moments of, of, of worship here. Lord, would you remind us of, of who we are in you? God, would you remind us of who you are? Lord, we look forward to now and always just being in that continual relationship of giving and receiving worth. Thank you that you are that kind of a God. We pray these things in your name, Lord. Amen.